Welcome to the Nexus. I feel for welcome. Steve, for Steve, press 1. For Scott, press 2. Let's see. Uh... You have chosen Jack McCloskey. <laughs> this is correct. Press pound. <laughs> one can only hope that Jack McCloskey is one of our nine listeners out there. I mean, that would be certainly exceptional, but also very strange. <laughs> I don't know that Jack McCloskey would know who either one of us was. <laughs> so I just For don't a... think we met. We've made the Jack McCloskey radar. For those of our listeners who don't know who Jack McCloskey is, back in the 1991-92 school year at Winthrop College in Rock Hill, South Carolina, Jack McCloskey was an RA on the third floor, one floor below us, who seemed to be one of those RAs that looked to be about 40 years old, but he was probably only 20, and he took his job way too seriously. Indeed. Jack McCloskey. I'm Jack McCloskey, RA. Oh yes, it was outstanding. Those were those were those were those were good days. You know, <laughs> made, I mean, made better by our good friend Jack McCloskey. That's right, that's right. And uh, tonight's tonight's episode is brought to you by the good folks at Lilford, our friends at the internet, and at Bluetooth, and Meow and, Mix, and McCloskey's imitation deli meat. It's not real deli meat, folks. But you'll never it's, know the difference. It's not real turkey, but is any of it real? <laughs> Some might even call it Matrix turkey. <laughs> so yeah, here we are. It's 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 uh it's another balmy Sunday night in South Carolina, uh, the Palmetto State, home of uh, not only. Uh, the best flag as rated such by best flag ratings for stateflags.com. Uh, but also home of humidity. Uh, well, if, you're the, as... if you're in the home of humidity, I'm in the birthplace of humidity in Southern Louisiana. Mm, I see. Yeah. I, I probably can't, I probably can't compete with you there. Can I, you, you know, it's humid when you have to drive North to get into Mississippi. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. So, how are you? I'm good. I'm ready to discuss Kenobi. I am as well. I've been extraordinarily excited. So excited about this that we are, ladies and gentlemen, doing something unprecedented. We are doing a podcast exactly one week after we did the previous podcast. And I don't know that we've ever done that. And all I have to say to that is you're welcome. Are you going to sing the song from <laughs> Moana? <laughs> no, I'm not. Okay. I thought I thought you might be about to break into that. I wanted to make sure that you weren't going to give us your Dwayne Johnson imitation. So let's set the scene here. I'm going to be, uh, let me get some background. Uh, I'm using Wikipedia as my source here. Kenobi okay. was six episodes. Its original release started May 27th through mm-hmm. June 22nd. Uh, it was only six episodes. Um, the first two were released on the same day. So we really only had like five weeks for this. Um, right. But the ba- here's the basic premise. Ten years after Order 66, when most of the Jedi Order were killed, reclusive former Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi is in hiding in a cave on Tatooine under the alias Ben. He works at a meat factory run by the McCloskey family, and watches over a young Luke Skywalker, the son of his former apprentice turned enemy Anakin Skywalker, now living with his step-parents, Owen and Beru Lars. Despite Owen disliking Kenobi, Kenobi has also lost his connection to the Force, cannot communicate with the Force. The spirit of his former deceased master, Qui-Gon, experiences nightmares from his past. Inquisitor's fifth brother, Mariva, led by the Grand Inquisitor, uh, are hot on his tail. I'm not going to read all of it, but... Um, we can start from there. So what do we think about the beginnings of this and, and, and setting up Kenobi? Um, did you like the way it set it up? Did you like the setting? Did you like the introduction? Yes, I, I did. I, as, as a matter of fact, just hearing you read that, that recap, uh, it made me uh, just very excited to be thinking about this yet again. I, I do want to say two things 
Um, one that's always that's always bothered me about the, uh, I guess the just the, the franchise as a whole related to something that you just brought up, and the other just a small critique of the show itself overall, which I will go ahead and say right out of the shoot, I was very pleased with. Um, so the Me first too. critique, I was also pleased with Kenobi. The, the first critique is, fr- is is franchise as a whole related. I always found it intriguing that the best that they could do for an alias for him was let's call him Ben. <laughs> ben, but we'll keep the last name the same. Ben Kenobi. Nobody will ever guess that. I, always I think found if, that, that... if they gone with Jimmy Kenobi, that might have worked better. <laughs> Did you say Jimmy? Jimmy yes. Kenobi? But but even even more questionable than that, to be honest with you, is is why did why did Luke go by Luke Skywalker? True, because that was Anakin's True. last name. So you know, if he's living with uh, Owen and Beru, Lars, yeah. why wasn't right. he Luke Lars? Agreed. Yeah, that's that that is another another. I mean, because uh, especially considering that Leia was Leia Organa. Right. She wasn't Leia Skywalker. Why? Yeah, that that really is, and I, I get it. I, I know that Leia was, you know, more public of a figure than because of 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 Senator Organa's role in the in the Empire slash Senate slash Old Republic, whatever. But you know, it 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 does. It it makes little sense that that was the best that they could do with the alias. But that's a small a small issue small so matter also hard to figure out why you know vader and Le- leia apparently in a new hope it didn't seem like that's the first time they'd ever seen each other yeah but it, as much as the time they spent around each other they didn't seem to sense any connection there right which i always thought was was strange right which could just explain they just weren't well she wasn't connected to the force but maybe he would have sensed something right yeah i i don't know yeah the, that, that there is a little bit of difficulty with that, but uh, so the but, other thing was, but not a deal. The other, right? The other the other thing that I, I had questions about, and maybe maybe I just missed something, and you can enlighten me. The whole thing where where Obi Wan in in this series, it, where he's cutting the little piece of meat for himself, like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, uh, they made it seem like at some point he was going to get caught doing that or something. And he never really seemed to. Can you shed any light on that? I think that's the whole premise of season two. <laughs> and he's gonna have, he's gonna have to he's gonna have to make restitution for the meat that he's taking. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole tie-in with Sam the Butcher for the Brady Bunch. It's really awkward. <laughs> Ends with a trip to the meat cutter's ball. Wow. Now, and is there some sort of like tension between Sam and Obi Wan over who's taking Alice? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yes, there is. Uh, maybe there's tension. That was his tension with Reva. He stole her turkey sandwich. Or well, I mean, not but really. As you, know, as you know, if you if you can't find quality turkey, you go to McCloskey's. Right. Imitation deli meats. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. It'll so, be our little secret. Well, that's their motto. Ours, ours, and all nine of our listeners. I think McCloskey spelled backwards is fancy feast. Ooh. Well, then McCloskey, you know what you did too. <laughs> that bastard. Uh, <laughs> I may be, oh. I may be holding on to some baggage. Where the second night I was a college student living in the dorm, Jack McCloskey wrote me up for having girls in the dorm room after two two a.m. Wow. And now the truth just rears its ugly that's, that's head, it. doesn't it? That's it. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, I see no reason to continue this podcast anymore. I believe we've reached a, our, the, the pivotal moral crisis that now we're going to need a Mike Brady or a Stephen Keaton to come and talk to us about so that we can have some resolution here. So in this but I feel like of- we... I, 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 <laughs> Yeah, I feel like we've digressed a little bit. I, just, yeah, I, I wanted to point. I wanted to point out those two things, though. Uh, uh, so yes, uh, first episode. Your question was related to this. I think this is really just setting up that that uh, 
you know, the, the Inquisitors are hot on Kenobi's trail. Uh, he's obviously overseeing Luke uh, and, and the introduction of Reva as a character. <clears throat> yes. Um, and is she, is she staying focused on, on what her mission really is? Um, at the end of this episode, we see Princess Leia kidnapped. Um, and there was a Jedi named Nari. He tried to get help from Kenobi that he's, he rejects and is later hung in town. Um, mm-hmm. as, as an episode itself, this one's not... It's, it's a lot of just setting up the background of what's going on. So I didn't think by itself this was that thrilling of an episode. I really didn't expect to see Princess Leia, though. They didn't... They weren't... Um, What's the word? Almost advertising. Um, they weren't billing her as a top character in the series, which she certainly was. And right. it was a surprise. It's always nice to see Alderaan, too, because for those of you who are new to Star Wars or, or weren't around um, in the 70s and 80s like we were, all we ever knew of Alderaan was what we saw was a blue planet that was exploded. So it's always right. nice to catch a bl- glimpse on there and under- kind of understand what it looked like and what the people there were about. And that Alderaan was peaceful. They had no weapons. That's right. But there were lots of voices screaming out in the in the darkness and then nothing. So there was that too. So yeah, we, we knew very little. And so to to have a little bit of a uh well, I mean kind of throughout the series, uh a little bit more information, a little bit more insight into uh Alderaan and its environs. So that was that was kind of nice. I think this episode did a good job of of really letting us see that Kenobi was definitely different from when we last saw him. Almost down in his luck kind of guy, trying to avoid any kind of spotlight, not wanting to get involved with with anything. And it's really the kidnapping of Princess Leia that brings him back, really out of hiding. Right. He's become uh, grizzled. Like uh, almost a, I almost felt a, a couple. There were a couple of times where he seemed a little Josie Wales-ish. Uh, you know that that just that outlaw kind of, uh, you know, certain amount of wanting to see justice done, certain amount of bitterness over the cause, and and being on the wrong side of the fight. You know, uh, not not as in he thought they were wrong, but being on the losing end. Um, just the years wearing on him, you know. Uh, it, was, I liked, uh, it was nice to see the tension between him and Owen, and then right. Owen, Owen kind of standing up for them. And then Owen saying, "Owen saying, you know, I'm really not standing up for you. I'm just protecting my right. boy." Right, right. Yeah. Did you like the live action Inquisitor? Many people did not like the live action Inquisitor. I had no problem with him. Uh, I mean, speaking I mean, speaking of the grand, you mean the grand inquisitor? Yeah, the grand inquisitor. Yeah, yeah, I, I did. I did. I, I I liked it. I actually liked. Uh, I can't. I, I know she's third sister. What was the guy with the helmet head and the? Uh, That's fifth brother. Fifth brother. Uh, he was. I liked him a lot too. I was. I was. I was pleased with the with the inquisitors. But again, so I've 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 just so you know I've made some progress. I'm. I'm started rebels from the beginning since we started since we talked and i'm 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 almost i'm probably about halfway through the first season so i'm I'm making some progress there so i can't again i can't speak completely intelligently on the inquisitors and their role from rebels yet Uh, i'm working on that but i was i was pleased with the live action uh i was pleased with the casting for it particularly uh um Reva was excellent, I thought. Yeah, I had I had there's a lot of bad feedback on Reva. I had no problem with Reva's uh, uh, the actress who played Reva. I had no problem with um, the character herself. I thought she was interesting. Um, so I'm 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 looking at at the uh, your talking points list that we started last week, and we only did the uh, rating the other Star Wars properties, and uh, so. You, the next thing on the list was what do we expect? I'd like to table that one until we get down towards the end and let that be something that we talk about more uh, as we're kind of giving our overall impressions of the show, like how it, how it as a series 
lived up to our expectations. What were our expectations? Where did it fail? Where did it succeed? But the next thing on the list was our thoughts on Riva and on the Inquisitors and on Owen and Peru. So maybe Owen, kind of Owen those... and Peru, for those of you who didn't know, same, same actor and actress from the end of um, uh, Revenge of the Sith. Yes. Which I thought was good casting. I thought they yes. pay off later in the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the finale when they're protecting the home front. Right. And protecting Luke. So I liked I liked Owen and Veru quite a bit. Um, definitely makes you more connected to them now in A New Hope. Right. And and I like, yes, agreed. And and I almost, almost after we watched that last episode, suggested to my kids that we watch New Hope. But it was a little late in the evening, so we ended up not doing so. But I, I think I would, I would like to watch that last, uh, uh, those last couple of episodes of Kenobi, or maybe even the whole thing on a Saturday, and then, then, then watch, go straight into New Hope just to see the. Then you gotta watch. Then you watch Rogue One, then a New Hope. Yes, yeah, that's that's true. Uh, but I'm not sure. I think that's necessary. To, I mean, Rogue One, yes, would be chronologically correct, but I don't. I don't know that you need that for the Owen. You, you certainly don't need that for the Owen Baru story arc. So um, I think that uh, I think that they were great characters. I did. I really did love that defense of the home scene. That I was thinking, okay, well, we know they live. You know, obviously, we've been Star Wars fans for a long time, mm-hmm. and so <laughs> we know that they live. But I was very much uh, curious as to how they were going to make that happen, given, I mean, given Reva's ruthlessness. Right. Um, I thought, yeah, that was kind of one of the things where you're waiting on what exactly going to happen to them here. We know, we yeah. know, we know what you're right. We know their fate. We know they're still alive in 20 some years. Right. Right. So how can they successfully pull this off? We know that Luke doesn't get taken and killed by Reva, obviously. Right. Probably more like uh, so, 10 years, by the way. 20 years is a little bit too high on that. Because uh, yeah. I think Luke was supposed to be like 17 or 18. Um, right. Uh, I didn't... Going back to the Inquisitor real quick. I, I didn't have a problem with the Inquisitor. I know people like... They wanted him to be thinner. Because the animated version was thinner. Uh-huh. I just didn't think that was a big deal. Right. Didn't detract anything in the story for me. Um, he... I think the... Reva was really our focus. Um... Not necessarily the Grand Inquisitor, uh, even even though he comes back later. I still, they never right. understand how he was able to. You know, he survives her, or the Grand Inquisitor survives her lightsaber, um, lightsaber attack in at the end of Episode Two, where he's seemingly killed. And I've I've heard things on the podcast about Inquisitors have two stomachs. Excuse right, me. Is, um, okay. But I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how he survived, but I'm not sure it's that that big a deal either. This seemed to this particular episode had two people who were stabbed by lightsaber. Reva being in episode, the second to last episode, and the Grand Inquisitor at the end of ep, of part two, and neither of them were killed. Uh, which usually we've seen if you're stabbed that way with lightsaber, you're going down. Right. Right. You know, Han Solo. Qui-Gon, you know, 72 dozen stormtroopers. Indeed. Uh, and so, d- d- I mean, are, are we to assume that uh, Reva, uh, so Reva and the uh, Grand Inquisitor intended to be the same species? Or no. It's part of being an Inquisitor that you get two stomachs? <laughs> Is that is that a gifting? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how if, if that's the explanation that he that how the Grand Inquisitor survived. I'm not sure why she does or why Vader just didn't finish her off there. Right. Right. Uh, that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but that's okay. Um, and speaking of, and I did like uh, with you. I, I liked Fifth Brother. I thought it was interesting, and I thought um, the other sister was interesting, and we got a little bit of that. I think it was in. In uh, part three, see um, the part three or part two? I think it's part three, when they're in, um, you know, the Inquisitor Tower, 
and Reva's meeting with the other Inquisitors, and they're really telling her to like kind of watch her place and understand what the mission is. Um, they even kind of make mention to her having some kind of scar. Um, they never really go back to that. Yeah. But I, I think I, th- I think Reva, I was fine with, with, with more Reva and less Inquisitor. I know a lot of people weren't, but I was I was fine with it. I would have liked to see the helicopter and lightsabers like we saw in Rebels. That would be neat. Right. But I'm yeah. not sure where that would have would have would have fit in and not been a distraction. Right. Right. Okay. Now what did you as far as the Kenobi Who did you feel like this show was Kenobi versus whom? Kenobi versus himself, Kenobi versus the Inquisitors, Kenobi versus Vader, McCloskey. Kenobi, Kenobi versus McCloskey, Kenobi versus the Internet, Kenobi versus, you know, uh, and I believe there's a difference between saying Kenobi versus Vader and Kenobi versus Anakin. Uh, you know, I, I if, if you're describing this show to somebody and you have to use, you know, just a few sentences. Do you make it more about Kenobi and the Inquisitors or Kenobi and Leia? What do you, what do you say? It's really Kenobi versus himself. Yeah. And what, what kind of role he wants to play going forward. Right. Um, where he's going to be called back into action and he's right. got to figure out what, what he should really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know that it's not necessarily... I think Reva sees it as Kenobi versus Reva, but it's not really that. Of course, Vader sees it as Vader versus Kenobi. Right. And I think Kenobi is... He's just really, you know... he It's his job to protect, protect the Skywalker kids. Right. Yeah. And so ultimately, that becomes his new purpose. Right. Because I would imagine, well, it's, you know, you, you see him there cutting, you see him there cutting the meat, you know, and it's all, you know, okay, I'm going to cut a couple slices of meat, stuff them into my pocket. Uh, I'm going to go home to the cave, check my traps. Traps are probably going to be empty or, you know, trip wires, whatever. I'll go look in on Luke. I'll go home. I'll do it all again the next day. That it's, almost become like he's lost purpose because he doesn't think that, you know, the empire's ever going to find him because it's been so long and he's covered his tracks. Well, um, of, of the surviving Jedi, you know, he's at that point, except for Yoda, he's, he's the best, he's the most experienced, uh, you know, and then suddenly, everything gets rocked because the Inquisitors show up on Tatooine and this other, what was the name? You, you gave a name for that, the Jedi was, that got uh, strung up. See, his name was, where'd he go? Oh, wait, hold on. This is that where, this is where. Trying to do for Nari. Nari, okay. So, you know, it's, you know, he, he, he gets a purpose again. And I think, I think the main point is that he is beginning to despair uh, and to lose hope because the purpose seems to be almost dragging on or boring to a degree, that he's just slipped into a, a non-existence. Uh, and... The kidnapping of Leia is a is a purpose finder, you know, a per, a fulfillment. Yeah, I think you're right when you describe it as he's found a purpose. I think that's a good way yeah. to. Yeah. So, I think that's a good thing, and it's what it's what ultimately pushes him to to you know make use of the force again in a in a 
in a valuable and meaningful way, those sorts of things. But uh, yeah, he's, he's a he's, he's a guy that's kind of searching for something that he'd lost. So, so let's go into Vader and Kenobi and let's, let's highlight some of that. Um, the, the one thing that I was so absolutely thrilled that they did was having a meaningful fight scene between the two of them. Because, you know, the, 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 that last lightsaber battle on uh, Mustafar between the two of them where, you know, Kenobi gets the high ground and Anakin becomes Dylan McKay from 90210. <laughs> um, is, and I, by the way, I listened to that, that exchange that we had the other night, uh, uh, last podcast about that. And, uh, I still stand by those feelings, uh, regarding Anakin and Hayden Christensen and the role and the way that he played this role. But so they had that fight and, you know, Anakin really, pushed Obi-Wan to his limits, you know, in, 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 in just the, the physical combat of that. And uh, Obi-Wan ends up getting a strategic high ground position and is able to, you know, take Anakin down. But I always, again, and this is me, so, you know, I, and I think I've described this well. I've always wanted to believe that in the end, it is better to be the Jedi. It is better, even though dark side power, all that kind of thing, it is better to be the Jedi. And that is, that is, that is the one bit of credit that may make, that, that would possibly in the end make me consider giving uh, the Rise of Skywalker a D minus instead of an F hmm. was the scene where he says, where the, where Palpatine says, I am all the Sith. And she says, I am all the Jedi and she is able to overpower him because of that. So in revenge of the Sith, I felt like, you know, they, they, they kind of allowed Obi-Wan to defeat Anakin on a technicality. Uh, he was able to gain the high ground just because he did a backflip at the right time. Whereas, Yes, we, we'll call it a sunset flip. Whereas in in Obi Wan, you know, there's that whole scene where so and I mean I was I was ticked. I was like, oh, I'm so mad right now when they have Vader throw all those rocks on top of Obi Wan, and it seems like that's the end of their fight, and Vader's just going to get on his ship and fly away. But Obi Wan gets out, and they battle. And but I thought you, beats... you're, you're jumping to the second fight, though, before we got to the first fight. Well, I, but I need to say this. I need to say this because this is important to the relationship. I'm, I'm not, I'm not one to stick to chronology here. I mean, you know, we've, we've, we've dissected. We're dissecting characters. I've learned so... that earlier when I said we should start at eight thirty, and at eight one, you said I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's Central Time. I'm not on Central Time. Just we need we need to make sure that the audience knows how much more of a sacrifice I'm making here with my being on it at uh, nine fifty five. So, uh, uh, but anyway, it it gratified me to no end that Obi Wan beat him. I mean, he legitimately beat him in that second fight. Uh, and we can go back to the first fight, and and and, uh, and and we will, because we have to talk about that because of the whole regaining the force thing. But I loved that they legitimately made him beat Vader. Uh, because, you know, the, the next time they fight is in A New Hope. And you and I both know, especially given the lightsaber battles that we've seen in the years since then, that was not much of a lightsaber battle. Now, dissect all of that. Do, huh? <laughs> well, I, I just, 
I, I was thinking of more of let's in terms of Vader. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, I'm thinking of like you know, it's, it's it's good to see. A, it's good to see his palace on Mustafar. I like to see that. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, it's interesting to see him in the back to tank with with zero uh, armor on. That was interesting to see that too. Uh, yes. And and I thought it was this was a good. Um, it was good for us to see Vader, especially I think it was in the third episode when he's on. Um, what is that planet? Is that called um, Mapuzo? And Vader shows up, and he's walking down the alley like he's Michael Myers, just like you know, killing people indiscriminately right. left and right. Yes. Uh, you know he he kills this one dude then the sun comes out and he just turns his hand snaps the kid's neck and just yeah. keeps going stalking kenobi into this uh industrial complex right. um and then he's about to finish kenobi off by dragging him through some fire uh right. it was it was good to see that side of vader to see how angry he was yeah and we never saw i, I feel like the very first scene of a new hope which is my favorite scene in all of Star Wars is the beginning, the first fifteen minutes of A New Hope when they're on the, on you know the cruiser and they're, you know, they dock, uh, uh-huh. inside the um the, the I can't think of the Star Cruiser, uh right. you know and and the stormtroopers blast their way in and Vader is very angry there, and he talks the tone that really he doesn't do, uh we never see that violent side of him again, so I liked I liked seeing that really angry Vader who still looked like he was learning how to get used to his suit a little bit, like he wasn't comfortable in his own skin. Right. Um, when he said to Kenobi he was going to make him experience what pain really was. Yeah. I thought all that was good. I did think it was interesting that um, I, I liked that Kenobi did was able to defeat him uh, legitimately. I liked seeing Anakin's uh, half of his mask torn off and uh, kind of his real voice in combination of electronic voice fading in and out. And he says, you, know, you he says, I'm sorry, Anakin. Uh, and uh, he said, you, you didn't, you didn't kill me. You didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I did uh, saying that it's Darth Vader. Right. So it was, it was good to see Vader come at Kenobi with everything he had. And they had that, you know, they spliced in there, those scenes where they were battling when they were younger and mm-hmm. just showing how impatient Anakin could be. And it's still there. Right. That right. he's just he goes for the win, right? Uh, or thinks when when he doesn't have it, he right. still doesn't have it, right? Yeah, and 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 I agree with all of that, and I I, I appreciate you bringing up the the I like the I like the description as the Michael Myers indiscriminate. Um, yeah, just walking down the alley, right. walking through Haddonfield, there, yeah. Planet Haddonfield, just yeah, yeah, killing people left and right, yeah. It's uh, you could almost be playing another one bites of dust in the background as he's as he's going, you know, uh, it was it was. Yeah, that was. And, and I agree with you. That was. I always felt like and 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 maybe maybe this is just the nature of the times that we lived in. Then, and this is this is something that we would have to to apply the old you know, cultural hindsight lens to is that the evil that we saw there in that alley. And I'm I'm not sure now are are you thinking of the 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 scene that they put into Revenge of the Sith at the end where, you know, the guy's trying to get the plans out and he's and and overlaying that on the original New Hope scene? No. Okay. Because even that New Hope scene, I still feel like it's not as evil as him walking down that alley. It's not, but it, that's the closest thing we see to yeah. it. Yeah. But so and so what I'm saying, my, my point about the whole cultural thing is, you know, in in a movie like that, like a sci-fi movie, a true sci-fi movie, you know we didn't, there were lines that you still couldn't cross back in the seventies. Right. You know, you couldn't make Darth Vader be Michael Myers in 1977. 
You know, that was for horror movies. But 2022, you can absolutely cross those lines. Yeah. Although, strangely, in A New Hope, that was one of the way that Owen and Baru were killed in A New Hope was very graphic. Uh, when they saw their skeletons burned by the yeah. stormtroopers. Yeah, that, 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 was, that was strange. And, and that it was stormtroopers that did that. Right. Uh, the highly incompetent stormtroopers, as we know. Right, right. But I liked uh, I liked all of Vader's anger. I liked that he was um, still blinded by his rage with Kenobi. I liked how he used Reva. Uh, I thought there was a great scene in Episode Five, I think it was, where he's she's trying to have a lightsaber with him, and it's you know the the best thing I the the equivalent of that to me was I, I used to play uh, when I was at the University of Delaware for my brief time there. I had a friend who was an offensive lineman on the football team. Mm-hmm. And he would go outside in the courtyard there and he would play fo- flag football with us. Mm-hmm. And he would just like <laughs> put his hands up and kind of tap us. And we'd fall to the ground trying to get past him to get to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And that reminded me of uh, Reva coming at Darth Vader. Just just so overmatched. Right. Um, and we really saw how powerful he was. But again, I didn't understand why why he didn't finish her off. And I don't remember, and I'm going to have to, I'm kind of looking... Vader didn't have a huge presence um, after that fight on whatever that asteroid that was. I don't think it says what planet that is. Um, doesn't say what planet that is. But anyway, um, we really don't see Vader after that, do we? That's the last we see of him is with the cracked mask, correct? I think that's correct. I, yeah. I guess I guess back in Mustafar, a Hill Vader uh, does talk to to Palpatine, who uh, questions his loyalty. But anyway, I liked I liked everything I saw from Vader. It seemed consistent who Vader would be at that period of time. I liked his anger. I liked his rage. I thought that was great. Uh, yeah. Now, so was that Hayden Christensen? Yes. It was. It was pl- him playing the that role. Yes. Okay. Okay. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if that if they had been able to pull him out of the many projects that he's involved in. So let's talk about some of these um these settings really quick. So okay. I you know I like Mustafar, I like seeing Vader's Palace. Mm-hmm. Um we also got a chance to go to a planet called Dayu, which is like a um kinda like to me it looked like uh, almost like Hong Kong, <laughs> a lot of neon. Okay, that's where that's where Kenobi rescued Leia from the right. fake Jedi. Okay, right. yep. That also reminded me a lot of the street scenes uh, from Attack of the Clones with on Coruscant. Yeah, yeah. That, or that, in that, uh, it, was it uh, Avengers uh, Endgame uh, where uh, they find um, what's his name Hawkeye fighting in yeah. the city as an assassin. Yeah. Which, which I'm pretty sure that was Hong Kong, or or yeah, Singapore. Yeah, uh, it was maybe. Tokyo, I think. Okay. I, I did, right. I did like um, that Easter egg there where Kenobi sees like the homeless clone trooper. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was a nice touch. I kind of yeah. liked. I like the fake Jedi. Uh, you know, eventually mm-hmm. leads him to the the Jedi uh, kind of underground railroad with Tala. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought the whole. I thought that um, Dayu was interesting. Um, they weren't there very long, but uh, and then they went over to let's see, Mapuzo, and Mapuzo is where that village was, where they had like that tunnel that led out of the planet. It was it was interesting because it was a very from what we saw Mapuzo was um, basically looked like Southern California when Kenobi and Leia were just walking along the the back lot of Universal Studios there. Um, then they go into now, the village, and they, they, they go into an industrial complex, which uh, appears to be somewhere off of I-77 in South Carolina, mm-hmm, perhaps mm-hmm. Blacksburg. Um, so, but I like, I like when Star Wars goes into kind of normal settings sometimes. I like when we see them in a terrestrial place. Yeah, that's not most Eisley or Hoth. Right, it's not yeah. it's not extreme because the whole the whole original trilogy was always these extremes where they were in, in space, but I, I kind of like it. I kind of liked when he was um, 
in that industrial setting. I really like seeing Alderaan and getting getting into the woods a little bit there where Leia was taken. Um, and kind of mm-hmm. seeing the, uh, we wouldn't call it the palace, but where her parents lived. Um, well, the, I appreciated only... that about I appreciated that about Naboo in Phantom Menace. Um, there was a lot of you know natural setting. Uh, yeah, I uh, they went I mean, underwater, I, which was strange for Star Wars. I always liked uh, most of the, the the stuff on Tatooine. I mean, I know it was all desert, but it was all. I mean, desert is real. You know, desert is something that we 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 can find. We can see here, uh, you know, the, 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 that, that was one of my, one of the things about Book of Boba Fett that I really, that I did like was the setting uh, of, of, of everything with, you know, going into actually being in Jabba's palace again, uh, you know, in the dirty streets with the, you know, I don't know if you call it Adobe kind of buildings in, right. In, in in Tatooine, but uh, yeah, I I do I agree with you. That's um, some some good scenes, uh, some good uh, realistic kind of kind of seemingly these could be in the on Earth situations. Uh, I, the Inquisitors Tower, which is the headquarters of the Inquisitors, uh, located on Nur is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't find that incredibly interesting. Apparently, if you there's a video game, I'm not sure which one it is. Um, there's references to that tower uh, that helps make a little bit more sense of why it's important or what's going on in the bottom there. Here's the mm-hmm. only setting. The only setting I had a problem with was in episode five, which is the second to last episode, um, and they're on Jabim, and they're they've rendezvoused with some other. We'll call them. Resistors, they're not quite rebels yet. Um, and they're trying to kind of figure out their, their next move. And then uh, Reva shows up with a bunch of stormtroopers. And my problem with this setting was just the way it was shot, because they're kind of in these tunnels. And it seemed just like they were so close. Like they were way too close to be having this battle. Is this, is this the one where Kenobi has the conversation with her through the blast door? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Uh, and it's not, it doesn't mean like, you know, closeness necessarily. He's on one side door, she's on the other. Once she gets through that door with the stormtroopers, and you'll see like, you know, they're stopping and retreating and shooting back. The stormtroopers just seem way too close to them. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Almost, almost like they did not position themselves far enough back within the tunnel to be of any defensive use whatsoever right it was like they were all sitting ducks right now they had time, how, but they had time they, to plan they kind of took lay out of that episode and made her like a techie trying to repair the the doors i, I didn't yeah i didn't love that i did like throughout the whole series kind of leaving settings for a second um i did like the overall arc of leia and and her and Ben having this emotional attachment and I thought Ewan McGregor did a great great job acting. Right. Which he always felt. You felt when he was looking at her that he was making that emotional connection back to her parents and what he missed. And he could see them in her. And I think that really came Mm -hmm. through in the whole series. Mm -hmm. He felt that pain on his face of of knowing what he's lost and what she's lost. But she doesn't even Mm -hmm. know what she's lost. Right. Uh, I do like uh, the setting when they Look. go back to Tatooine and at Luke's home and uh, Veru has kind of a, like booby trapped or she's got guns hidden in different places. Mm-hmm. I like yes. seeing more of the homestead there. Yeah, I did too. Uh, almost like a, like the way it spiraled around in various levels of defense, almost like they had built it that way from the beginning. Right. Uh so going back to, uh, you know, again, so I want to comment on your digression away from the settings there where you talked about Ben and his emotional connection with Leia. You know, I can remember thinking, being sympathetic to Luke in Empire Strikes by, uh, let's see, no, it would have been Return of the Jedi. It was Return of the Jedi where he goes back to Dagobah and he encounters, you know, force ghost Ben Kenobi uh, 
And he says, you know, why did, why did you, why did you lie to me? You know, you knew that Vader was my father and, 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 and being really at that time sympathetic to Luke, like, yeah, why did he do that? That sucked. He should have been right. straight up with him right from out of the shoot. But then thinking, you know, Obi-Wan, as far as Anakin's betrayal and his turning to the dark side, Obi-Wan lost way more than Luke ever did. You know, Luke, Luke never knew him. Right. Never knew his uh, Vader as anything other than Vader. Yeah, he was Vader the moment he met him. And Obi-Wan also, in addition to having that emotional connection because of the protective role and because of, of them being the new hope, uh, you know, he had the emotional connection with both Luke and Leia and with their father and mother for that matter. You know, that, that uh, you know, Luke, Luke would have never been able to understand. And that, that to me not only makes me like Obi-Wan more, but it makes him a more, even an even more tragic character than he already was. So I agree anyway. with that. But assessment. now we can go, now we can go back to the, uh, to the settings. Um, I think we've covered uh, all well, the, all the, the really important settings. Okay. Okay. Let's get a, so, uh, if we look at our list here, uh, new characters, is what new characters. was there one that stood out for you that, there weren't. There were new characters, but um, well, there I... was there was the, there was the uh, the rebel that gave her life in the cave with the grenade. That was Tala. Um, Tala, yeah. Uh, I'm. I, I don't have the capacity for names. I'm still holding on to uh, Ugnot and Lobot and Weeway. <laughs> you know, um, I can't. I can't pack in new ones anymore. Uh, but Tala, yeah, she was, I, I, I was pleased with her. I, you know, I, I felt a little bit like I was unsure of what direction they were going with her for a while. You know, was she going to be, was she going to remain true to the cause? Was she going to be, you know, a, a, an Imperial agent? You know, uh, I thought that was. Yeah, there was a little bit confusion. I think that was in the, I think it was the fourth episode when they're in Inquisitor Tower where you really didn't know there for a minute. Um, whose side she was on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that... And, okay, so who was who was the guy that was, like, leading that resistance band that was working to get the refugees off of the tunnel planet? Do, do we have a name on him? You know who I'm talking about? Sounds breaking up. The guy that was uh, leading the resistance band uh, on the tunnel planet. Uh, oh, that, uh, you know, was... what was his name? Uh, hold on a second here. I should be able to find that. Um... Well, while you're looking for his name, I was going to say I was pleased Roken. with what? Quilkin? Roken. R-O-K-E-N. Roken. Okay. Uh, I was pleased with the way that, you know, he, his attitude towards Kenobi sort of began to shift and change and they didn't do that. You know, they, they, they made it kind of, you know, move from mistrust and, you know, the Jedi let us down to, you know, grudging admiration to outright respect to, Hey man, we need you for the cause kind of, kind of deal. Uh, right. I, I was I, I liked the way that they they did that, and so that made me appreciate him as a character. As I said, I like the live I like the live action Inquisitors. I thought they did a good job with those. Uh, yeah, I hadn't I had I had no problem. I didn't really have any. I think a lot of people get really nitpicky with Star Wars, uh, and that's why I get a little bit sensitive with that. I thought that you know I didn't find anything. The, the Inquisitors were fine to me. I thought Vader was fine. I really liked, you know, we talked already about how much we liked the battles. Um, questionable moments. Um, why Vader doesn't kill Reva. Um, I'm not sure why he didn't just finish her off. And why the, the Grand Inquisitor right there at the end. At what, at what point, I guess my questionable moment was, 
you know, at what point did, did Vader just know all along Reva was going to do this? I mean, he claimed to. Right. Which, but that also makes me think, why not kill her? Right. If you know that she's going to betray you and it's not going to necessarily get you what you want. Right. Why is she hanging around? Also, so another thing, and, and I know that they couldn't because there's so much tied to it. Uh, and maybe that's the only reason. But Kenobi could have killed Vader. Yeah, he still doesn't want to kill Anakin. Because yeah. he sees him as Anakin, that's why. I mean, is it as simple as that? Yeah, I think it's as simple as that. I, I, okay. He still sees that as his friend. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I still think everything that he's doing is right up into through um, A New Hope when he, um, you know, he, he's fighting Vader. And really, in A New Hope, you watch that, Kenobi's pretty much winning that fight. It's close. Yeah. You know, there's just through nine rounds, Kenobi's got five rounds and Vader's got four. Um, <laughs> but, but even like when he, you know, he sacrifices himself there. Yeah. And I think part of that is so he can train Luke, knowing that Luke is a way to save. But I say that then again, he says the only way you can defeat him is to kill him. Like he says that in uh, Return yeah. of the Jedi. So I don't know. I, I might be wrong on that. Yeah, I just I don't know. I, I, you know, obviously they couldn't have him kill him then. They had to have a reason not to because you know, there's plenty more in movies that have already come out that <laughs> they'd have a lot of explaining to do. So, but I just that 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 was curious to me. Um, I'm 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 trying to think other questionable moments. Yeah, I already brought up the meat thing. Uh, I, I don't, I don't really have a lot of questionable moments, uh, which you know, I, I think this lends itself to, uh, you know, being able to say that this was an exceptional series. Uh, I, I, I really, really, really believe that. This has been the best. Of the live action series so far. I, I, you know, Mandalorian is awesome. It really is. But I think it's because it's so unique. It's not Mandalorian. He, he's not part of our, our Star Wars experience, you know? Right. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi is. And. I, granted, I would, as as you said on our last podcast, for many people, they'd say that you've heard many people say that Mandalorian was their first experience with Star Wars. And, you know, I certainly will applaud that and say, hey, great, welcome to the fold. Now watch the rest of the movies. But it's it's still not original Star Wars. Obi-Wan is, you know, does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, and I think that I think this is the best series that they've done. That's 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 my overall rating is that I give Obi-Wan I give Obi-Wan an A. Yeah, I would that's give it an A rating. as well. I, I didn't I, I, I liked it. I like anytime you can connect me back to the original trilogy mm -hmm. directly mm -hmm. uh, with mm -hmm. I'm happy about that because that's all that's all we wanted for all those years because you know we know from 77 to 83 all we got were three movies and then we had that 16 year gap mm -hmm. um, so and that's why I think Phantom Menace is unappealing to me because there's nothing in that it, it, outside of R2-D2 <laughs> that really directly connects back to that universe C-3PO's in there but he looks different Kenobi's in there, uh -huh. but he's so young, he's not banned, you know, he's not the Kenobi we know yet. Right. So I give it an A because I felt like it felt like it felt like old Star Wars to me. Right. And right. I feel like it made sense. I liked I liked at the end where he sees Qui Gon. Um, 
I think if there, um, I'll be happy to watch it. But if there wasn't a season two, I'd be okay with that too. I would feel the same way, and I, I, I would almost lean towards no, more than yes, because yeah, I'm, I'm afraid. I, I I feel like what they did was so well done. I won't I won't go as far as to say perfect, but I will say pretty doggone close. And I'm afraid that if they came out with a season two and tried to jam in a bunch of other stuff, that it might it it might muddy the waters. Right. And and I'd prefer them prefer them not to do that. Um, I uh, yeah I again you and McGregor I can't say enough about whoever initially was the one that cast him in Phantom Menace. It was awesome. That was I I believe that's one of the best casting jobs for a prequel ever done, ever done. And so I've been, I'm just super jazzed about that. Uh, so I, I don't know. I just don't know if I can say that there should be a season two, but I almost am sad to say that because I want right. to see more. I want to see more, but yeah, it's, it's, it's okay that there's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So do you have a trivia question for me? Well, I mean, you also, the, the, you have one more question on your list here. Oh, I do? Mm-hmm. Um, what was that? Oh, what oh, Star Wars series do we want to see? Yes. Hmm. Yes. This would have and, been very high on my list. Um, I mean, this was the one that I was waiting for. Yeah, uh, me too. I, uh, I mean, more more than anything else, except for maybe a series on Wedge Antilles. I'd like to see something. <laughs> I think the less we know about him, the better. I think we'd be disturbed. Uh, <laughs> we really found out more about Wedge and what he's been up to, he's, uh, and his connections to the McCloskey clan. He's been uh, he's been doing the. I feel like the McCloskey clan probably has ties to Kessel. <laughs> Definitely the Spice Mines. Yeah. Um, I so I want to see something between between. Um, New Hope and Return of the Jedi would would be what I'd want to see, uh, or something between well, Empire. Yeah, they call and... that the Empire Strikes Back. No, I mean between New Hope and Empire is what I want. Okay, gotcha. So, destruction of the first Death Star. Oh, and by the way, this was a question that I was going to ask you because I wasn't very clear, uh, and thought that maybe either you knew this off the top of your head or your your boys that you listen to on the other podcast might know the death star in rise of skywalker that that's crashed onto the planet mm-hmm. that's the second one that's the second death star right okay did they say that did they make that clear in some way i think they did yeah okay okay i just i wasn't sure because so that that planet they were on where finn gets his third girlfriend uh they are that's near indoor yes okay okay and and i i think one of the things that tips us off there is that there is a throne room um okay that was not in the original death star well i mean but there could have been we just since we weren't introduced to the emperor yet but i i think i think that i think that there wasn't because Specifically, the Emperor wanted to be on the new Death Star. Um, okay. Well, he's over there to oversee its completion, but I think he right. was over there to also make sure Vader stayed on task. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. That was just something that I was thinking of. So, okay, so something between New Hope and Empire. Yeah. So or between Hope... Empire and Jedi, something something said in there. It doesn't. Just to be so, in that time period, uh, or maybe, maybe like a good, like something about the guy that made that funny coat that Luke was wearing at the end of New Hope for the medal ceremony. The yellow coat. <laughs> yeah. Basically, oh, that that oh, coat is a is is this Poe, which turns out to be Finn wearing it. That Finn's wearing that coat in a different color. 
in a force yeah. awakens yeah yeah i know uh so uh, maybe there maybe a series about the the coat maker <laughs> maybe the, or is he the same guy who makes uh, Lando's cloaks or capes? <laughs> I would think so. I mean, I, I would think that's a whole like you know cottage industry. There's a guy. There's there's a rebellion guy for that. Uh, yeah. No, I, I would like to know something related to. Okay, they were on. Was it at the end of New Hope? They were on Yavin. Is that right? Or a moon of Yavin? Right. When they just because that's where the Death Star was heading to, when when they finally blew it up, it right. was it was about, okay. So, what 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 was what's the transition that makes them go from uh, Yavin to Hoth? What because well, the they know where they are. Occur? They yeah, know where they, I mean, they, I understand. But like, I understand they can't stay on Yavin. You want to see just, the logistics I'm, of them just packing up things and. No, I feel like we see that in a lot of the films. Star Wars logistical nightmares. Uh, I, I feel like there's so we're gonna give them a couple of shots with the ion cannon. It's just, yeah. it's just and called. then somebody's gonna say the first transport is away. Star Wars rebellion supply chain management. <laughs> no, I mean I want to know. So, you know, when we open up in in Empire, it's you know, Vader in and is sending out the probe droids to find them on Hoth. You know, what leads up to those events? I, I, th I think I, that's I would like, like yeah, to know. that's what I'm saying. I would like to see yeah. like what, yeah, because in the if you read the introduction to the Empire Strikes Back, it says he's obsessed with finding Skywalker and chasing him all over the galaxy. Like, I want to see that, right? Right, yeah, agreed. And you know, Han. When, right in the in 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 the opening hot scenes, he's already uh, he's already a uh, a general. Right? How'd and, that happen? Yeah, you know uh, how? Yeah, how did how does that all go down? Where it's he's become you know mostly reliable for the rebellion, even though he's working to try to go pay off the bounty that's on his head, and. Those sorts of things. I, I, I'd like to know a little bit more information about those. I would also, I wouldn't mind a Wookiee series. Problem is, it's going to be all subtitles, or or you're you know you end up getting the uh, the holiday special where they're just groaning at each other for ten minutes. You don't know what's going on. I would also, and 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 this is me, and 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 you. Knew. <laughs> but I mean, you could fill, you could do some filler in a Wookiee series with you know some Jefferson airplanes. Uh, some you know some psychedelic uh claymation uh maybe maybe a a cartoon about boba fett uh, something like that just sounds kind of like those would all be winners uh, maybe maybe bob barker could make an appearance as a, a little more b arthur you know, yeah so i think that i would like you know, having having reflected on this a while, and and all of those things sound good to me, but I think I would like to see something about the Jedi. You know, uh, almost like a I don't want to say a, a historical series because I don't want a but, documentary, but like it's kind a, of like High Republic is what you're talking about. Yeah, like a birth of the Jedi. Yeah, like that's, that's the, kind of the founding fathers kind of deal and, 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 you know, it's, it's progression to, to its, to its apex. You know, I think we got a good view of the decline of the Jedi. I'd like to see the rise. I think that would be great, you know, and, and, and see some, you know, like when Yoda was a Padawan and even before that, you know, because, you know, you get a lot of, especially from Palpatine, particularly in, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, more Revenge of the Sith, but of of, and and you get a good bit of this in in the Clone Wars uh, series, of a history of the Sith, you know. Yeah, uh, I think a Darth Plagueis series would be really cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I, I you know I I would like to see a good you know 
as you said, I, and and I, I mean, I even think that might be a good name, the Days of the High Republic, or something like. Yeah, that. well, there's, there's there's a book out, uh, a whole book series on that. Is there? Yeah. I'm gonna have to check that out. Okay. Our good a whole over series? The Cantina cast. Yeah. Okay. Let's check that out. Okay. Well, um, Cantina cast has several episodes on that, and I'm happy to plug that podcast. Getting those books down. Okay. I'll have to check that out. Um, I might uh, get you to send me that information so that I can. I'm, I'm not going to probably listen to the Cantina Voice podcast. I'm probably going to get the books and read them. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, each to his own. So, drumroll. Uh, it is now time at the uh, where, what, 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 what's our what's our mark now? We are at uh, oh we're we're past our time. So we are. So the question tonight, sports fans, for uh, for Steve. Regarding his hero, his all-time favorite hero in history, Michael Jack Schmidt, is under what astrological sign was Michael born? I believe he's a Taurus. Do you know when his birthday is? Uh, it's August 15th. It is not. It is September 27th. Is he a Taurus, though? He is not a Taurus. He's a Leo. He is a he is a Libra. Michael Jack is a Libra. So and and as I said, the twenty seventh. So we September twenty seventh. So we're getting close to his birthday. I do feel like we should commit to having a podcast on his birthday. Special edition episode. Yeah, a, a special edition episode. Let me let me look here at the calendar. What day of the week is the twenty seventh? That would be a Tuesday night. So it's a good uh, time to remind our, our listeners, too, that uh, if you make it this far on the podcast, our next podcast likely will not be here tonight. Uh, we will let you know. We'll make an episode on Anchor where you can find the new home for our podcast. Yes, absolutely. And The Nexus is not ending. It's just it's improving and moving into its own home. Right now, we've been living in our parents' bedroom uh, for the first couple of years, and we're moving out. Are we, we didn't live in their bedroom or in their basement. That bedroom sounds even more creepy. I just think, yeah, we'll go with basement. <laughs> we're, uh, we're, we're moving on up to the east side is what I feel like. So I think that we have really done a good job of dissecting Obi-Wan. Um, and I think that our fans are really going to appreciate this. I know the sponsors are just gushing over the work that we're doing. Uh, but, you know, as, as we continue to, you know, stretch our legs and, and grow, uh, we now look forward to our producer joining us for our next episode. Yes, which, producer uh, Ben will be joining the podcast soon. Which, which will have a video flavor to it, I believe, uh, if, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yes. At what point? At what point do we foresee ourselves? Uh, do we foresee Meow Mix purchasing us uh, golden microphones? Uh, early 2024. Okay. All right. Well, that's something we can look forward to, folks. But uh, anyway, I think that uh, that concludes our efforts for this evening. So we can uh, say from all of us to all of you, good night and have a pleasant tomorrow. All right. May the force be with you. And with you, my friend. Always. Have a good night. Always. You too. <laughs> Bye.